Episode 41, <laughs> Stick and Rink Podcast. Uh, I've been prairie dogging this episode because I got a lot of thoughts in my mind. First thought is uh, episode 41 of Stick and Rink Podcast. And the boys are back. We're squad up. We're here. Raffle's back in town. Uh, my co-host Josh is over here being a slime ball like always. <laughs> Pissing me off, ruining my life. I thoroughly enjoy when I walk through the door and I'm excited to podcast, and within 20 minutes, my spirit is crushed. I don't enjoy it all the time. That's pretty rude. Yeah. Wow. You find new ways to break You want raffle on the microphone today? I'll go back to bed. Fuck, I don't know. Maybe, man. Maybe we'll get some fill-ins for today. Some, like, minor leaguers just to fill in. Um, so tonight's ep- today's episode, Sunday day yeah we do not record in the day usually no i haven't had i had i had spaghetti squash for breakfast that's how i'm throwing off right now (laughs) i haven't eaten yet (laughs) (laughs) fucking maturity on this podcast is way off the rails uh today's episode though we're going to touch on a little bit of the blackhawks game i think yeah the boy uh canucks been rolling yeah we're back on the wagon a little bit of marky mark and the funky bunch (laughs) (laughs) they're back running the pacific division yeah although it seems like every time we win games the Pacific Division just stays with us the entire way. Yeah. There's no separation being made at all right now. No chance. Um, so why don't we get into it? So Wednesday was a big night. Obviously, we uh, there was a huge ceremony on Monday, the Legends Night, and then we... What? Do we have to do an ad read? No. Oh, sick. No, those are done. Are they? Uh, yeah, they're done. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's some pre-work that didn't get yeah. communicated. No, I'm, just wait, I'm just waiting for it. I'm like, I'm like, come on, where's the smooth transition? <laughs> and I'm looking at you like, hey, uh, you want to jump in? I'll start talking about Raffles' small ass ears if I have to. Like, anything, man. Um, and then your satellite dishes. <laughs> yeah. under the throw, man. You get fucking free Wi-Fi with those puppies or what? <laughs> Okay, so Monday comes around, Legends Night. We talked about that. Sick night, followed by a big W. Yep. Wednesday rolls around, even bigger night, Sedin Retirement Night. Yep. The whole entire era of Canucks that whatever you grew up with was there. Oh, yeah. Um, it was the who's who of Canucks. Canucks Nation. Any, anyone who was anyone was there. Exactly. Yeah, you had all the goats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the I think we're going to leave a, a majority of the ceremony talk and kind of our... Or just even a lot of the ceremony talk. Yeah, till, more of the breakdown. Yeah, more of the breakdown. And even just the thoughts about it till Tuesday's episode because we have a great interview coming up with a guy who is heavily involved in it. Yeah. So I think we'll get a good perspective on it that way. Yeah. Uh, tune in for that stuff. But really, some quick thoughts about it. I mean, it was an awesome ceremony, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we were going to talk more about what the Sedins were as players, though. Fuck. And kind of just giving them the respect they deserve at least a, a good five minutes you know, in the limelight. From like a full... Um, like for from a guy who wasn't really a Canucks fan up until this year, just uh, just watching the Sedins play, even like from the beginning to the end of the career, it seemed like literally nothing changed with them. Like they were always just so fucking dominant. They, it was almost like the Houston Astros, but they just had microphones going back and forth, being like, "Hey, chuck the no look sauce right in front of the net, and I'll be there yeah. for a tap and goal." Like they were just so good. Like every time they were on the ice, like y- you had to, you had to have your best defensive pairing against them because they were unfucking stoppable. Yeah. They weren't physical. They just beat you by their sheer skill, and they weren't fast. They just had. Like they had decent hands, but it was just the fact that they knew where each one was going to be all the time. 
was what made them so dominant. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I think that I, I think my biggest takeaway from them as players is that they transcended the game in a different yeah. way. Like they they evolutionized a certain aspect of offensive hockey yeah. to no one's ever seen anything like that. The kind of connection they had, chemistry and just overall telepathic connection that they had on the ice at all times. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever see something like that again where it's Two no. teammates who, obviously, them being twins, has to have something to do with it. Hundred percent, that has I, to. I don't believe we'll ever see something like that again, where two guys always playing together. Like sure, like you they break, like you they break were, them up one percent of their career, and like that's the, it. the fan base loses their minds, and it and it never works. Like it proves to never work. Yeah, it doesn't work. And so it's two guys that always play together, and have the type of connection they have, where they always know where each other are. Yeah, and. And dominate offensively for a good five years. Like, yeah, like it was, it was really interesting. Um, like just because I, I feel like no twin was better than the other. I feel like they were literally equal. I would agree. Um, but uh, obviously, one just one had more assists, one had more goals. Right, yeah. that's the and way it's going to go. One, I think uh, Henrik ended up having more points. Yeah. Five. So, and that's the thing, right? Because you saw like during the injury days, like when Daniel went down. I remember like, when he got his his broken foot for the first time, and it yeah. was like it was so weird as a young fan because you're thinking, wait a second, one's injured, the other isn't. One's gonna play, the other isn't. Like, yeah, that was weird. And 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 Henrik was cold. Yeah, like he like he did not do well when Daniel was down. Like, yeah. and it just showed. Like, even though Henrik was kind of the more goal scoring guy, mm-hmm. his goal scoring went way down when Daniel was out of the lineup, and people are like, okay. Well, Henrik was the assist guy. Oh, okay. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah. Vice versa. Yeah. Um, but then, but you just kind of see that kind of just drop off. Um, yeah. So anyway, it was, yeah. Sheer dominance. Yeah. And by I the think, Sedins. and who played with them? Was it Burroughs? Burroughs. They had different for, guys rolling yeah. through. Like it was, there was an Anson Carter phase, like way back in 06. <laughs> Love was, Anson I think Carter. It was maybe 05, 06. Was he like, good for the Canucks? He had a 30 goal season one time. Woo! And then he, Ditched for free agency, signed in, in Columbus for probably like four million bucks, and n- never panned out for anything. Never did anything because <laughs> yeah, he came from else. Edmonton, I think. Yeah, Anson I think so. Carter. He came from somewhere in the Pacific. Yeah, and or the Northwest at the time. Northwest. Do you remember that division? Oh yeah, dude. Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Colorado, and Minnesota. Minnesota. That yeah. was the division. That was a nasty division. Could you imagine that one today? That'd be a good one. Yeah, I like that division. I, li- I like the way we are now. Yeah, because there used to be there used to be six divisions. Yeah, you had so, like right? the northwest, and then northeast. you had northeast. I don't even remember so, anymore. Yeah, I don't so even know what it weird. was. Yeah. Anyway, Fuck we that can... conversation. I don't want to go there. Yeah, I, I sound stupid talking about that. Yeah. Um, I did want to say one last thing about the Sedins, and it was just: can you imagine, like, the one of the most amazing parts of the story is how how Burke ended up drafting them. How like he tells the story so because they went two and three right they went two or three and, three and four and I think the Canucks only had the the third overall pick they they had that. to trade for the other one yeah they had to and it was a in miraculous way that he did and I love the way Burke tells the story but maybe the the note that we can talk about is could you just like I don't think they would be a shell of the player they are without playing with each other yeah, so here's a hot take I don't think they would even be in the NHL. I don't yeah, think I don't, I don't think I don't think they would have panned out yeah, had they not played together. I agree. I think that, I genuinely do not feel that. I feel like one would have gotten like sent down. I feel like they would have fizzled out of the league. I don't disagree with that. I, yeah. I think my my likely scenario is that they probably would have been drafted by other teams and traded or something. I think they would have played out their rookie deal and then just signed 
somewhere. Signed together. to the same team. Yeah, just did what they did. Approach a team way. and are like, hey, we'll take the exact same deal. Yeah. You'll get us for same amount of money. And if you're not going to take both of us, you're not going to get either of us. Like, that's the only way it's going to happen. And if, yeah. it, if that doesn't happen, you're right. I think they go back to Sweden and they just go play. Yeah, Swedish Elite League. Yeah. They dominate. Yeah. And then a team would wake up. They would eventually end up in the NHL because people would realize, holy fuck. They, they need to play together. Yeah, like, this is two people on a first line. Yeah. They, yeah. You'll never. And like we said, I don't know if we'll ever get that again. No, I you, no, you won't. People will constantly. You'll never get as good as twins. No. You'll never get yeah. that. And I, the guys dream of it all the time. Twins. Yeah. But yeah. it's hard to achieve. Yeah. Brian Burke has gotten twins. How did he get? Who did he draft first? Was it Daniel? It was Daniel then Henrik, and if you he's he's on camera saying if the trade somehow didn't work out mm-hmm. and it just he only got to choose one he would have chosen Daniel. Oh really? Just crazy. Interesting. Yeah. And Daniel was the goal scorer. Yeah. Oh, out of wow. out of those two. Wow, good kid. Out of necessity, I imagine. And what was the deal to actually get Henrik then? What did he actually have to give up? Because Anaheim had the pick, didn't they? I actually don't know the whole story. I There's a lot of moving parts to it because there was people that were calling him asking for his pick because they wanted the Sedines, and he's like, no fucking chance. Like I'm no, I'm drafting a Sedine. Yeah, give me your pick. <laughs> yeah, and then he just well because he has the golden ticket at that point. It's like, dude, I'm literally gonna pick one, so you're gonna have to give me give me the other. Yeah, because if you or like take, you're not gonna if, get both. Yeah. If, if you take the other one, they're not gonna be as good. Yeah. So I'll give you something, but you're gonna have I'll to give you it. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you a lot. There was, gonna... a, there was a trade where we gave away a future first round, a third round, and McCabe, Brian McCabe, to someone. Mm. I think it was McCabe was pretty nasty. He was in his prime. Yeah. Um, the, the last thing I was gonna say, I think I said the last thing last time, but last yeah. thing now. Yeah. Is I think people throw around the statement about Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby, like, we'll never see a player as good as him again. But like, they People will. say that about McDavid. We will. 100%. But we'll never see twins again. Not no. that good. No, no with I the agree. same type of play. It's, it's you know, fucking hoopty. Well, I think there's... um, Who are the two guys on uh, on the Patriots? They're both pretty nasty. McCourty? Yeah, the McCourty Jason twins. Jason and Jesse McCourty, I think? Jason and Devin. Jason oh. and Devin McCourty. Okay, sick. They're unreal. Yeah. They're unreal together. They're brothers, not twins, right? They, I think they're twins. I think it's actually the McCordy twins. Oh, hot diggity. Which is, but in, in hockey though, you're right, and they both play safety too. Actually, the McCordy twins. One's like a corner, one's a safety. Yeah, which is crazy. The dynamic you're defense like, of the, the McCordy side, and here. they're insane. They they do get like they get defensive player of the year award, or not oh, defensive yeah. player, but like they get awards. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Best corner in the league. Um, but yeah, in terms of hockey, like you know, you see brothers and whatnot. Like you know, you have Jordy and Jamie. Yeah. Um. Who else is a brother? I, uh, I feel like there's, there's used not all. Used to be the Kostitsins. Oh, yeah. Andre and Sergey. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Andre was the better one, I think. Was he not? There's the Reinhardts? No. Yep. I don't, I don't think yep. there's another Reinhardt in the league. There's Griffin. Sam, Griffin's not in the league right now. No, Sam. I thought there was like four Reinhardts. Sam. The who, who's the one on the Islanders? Um, I, th- I think that was Griffin, but I don't think he made it to the NHL. Yeah. Oh, there's the Stroms, the Dylan, Stromers. Dylan and Ryan. Yeah. The Stalls, like you said, the Eric Stalls. and Jordan, they're getting up there. Yeah, they're old. Yeah. Jordan's old. Mark's old. Eric's old. Yeah. The Stalls, and they had a fourth brother too. They, they were close to becoming like even four. Who was Stalls. it? Jordan, Eric, Mark, Mark on the Rangers. I don't know the third one or fourth one though. Yeah. Are they all still in the league? Three of them. Yeah. Yeah, they're all still Jordan's there. In Carolina, right? Mark Stall in New York, and then. Minnesota as Eric Stahl. Oh yeah, yeah. Insanity. Eh? Okay, let's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Let's, let's move on. We gotta beat this drum. <laughs> Enough with all this brothers and yeah. shit. Another brother. Um, 
Yeah, so anyway, so let, why don't we dive into the actual Chicago game? Yeah, absolutely. It was, here's a statement, it was the most lopsided 3 nothing game of all time. That was crazy. We got fucked. <laughs> we actually got shit on, dude. That was actually fucking ridiculous. Josh loves the shots on goal stats, so why don't you give it to me? What were the shots on goal? You want it? What kind of shutout did Marky pitch? You want it, daddy? I'll give, give it, it to daddy. you. Give me a bunch um, I want to say it was... It was something in the forties. I can tell you right now if you want. Here I got it right here. Okay. I like this this is my segment. Take it. Forty nine shots. Again. Forty nine to twenty, right? To twenty. Isn't dude. Forty nine to twenty. They dude. were buzzing. They started out thirteen nothing in shots. After after I sat here on the Monday podcast or oh no, on the last Thursday podcast and I yeah. said, This game we are gonna come out buzzing. I mean I put bets down on the Canucks. I put them on the money line, the puck line, and the over, or sorry, the under, which all hit. Yeah. But for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. And Chicago came out absolutely dominated to begin with and throughout the whole game, I would say. You you need to find a bet on the over and under on shots against for the Canucks. It will make you <laughs> fucking rich. Yeah. You will be fucking <laughs> rich. You will be rolling in it. Over 39 shots. No, constantly. seriously. Like, honestly, start seeing if you guys can find a bet on the over under for 30 shots well, against here, you, because you, I guarantee it'll hit me 80% away on of the your, time. Your take on the rest of the Hawks game. Give me a little couple notes about it. I'll be looking into some shots on goal stuff here. Okay. See if I can find something. Okay. Um, honestly, love seeing Bo Horvat get a goal on the Sedin night. Yeah. Um, you know, it almost just seemed kind of like a, a passing of the torch. Like, Hey guys, I got this. I'm still going to pour it on on Chicago the way that you guys did for so many years. I really love that. And Bo was fired up after he scored that goal. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was a nice, like, I think the caption on Instagram was Tic Tac Bo, which I thought was actually very, very <laughs> clever. It made me chuckle. Um, but, uh, <laughs> dude, get a nice little game by Brandon Sutter, buddy. He gets yeah. two apples on both goals. And what does he do? He tucks the empty netter. How are you? Uh, that's how you get contracts. That's how you Come get on. contracts, baby. Um, and just kind of going back to uh, who else kind of contributed. JT Miller, again, my boy. I've been saying it year round. This guy is a fucking force for the Canucks. Yep. He's just so good. Um and right now, we were really worried about Besser kind of not being in the lineup. Doesn't really seem to be impacting it too much. No. Um, obviously, he is going to be that guy that can provide like that first first line scoring, which allows you to move someone back down to the second line um, and create more depth. But it seems right now, like the big guns, like you had contributions from Gaudet and Antoine Roussel um, on a on a huge game, I would say. Yep. And they're getting on the score sheet, but. So here's an interesting uh, take that I have. Yeah. So Besser's out with injury right now. The depth players are playing really well in the one or two games that he's yeah. been out. Yeah. Uh, guys like Sutter, Roussel. Uh, yeah. Gaudet. Gaudet. Yeah. Vertanen. Yeah. These guys are enhancing their play, excelling. Yeah. So if this continues throughout his entire injury, like let's say we go on a good run. Like I'll give you an example of maybe let's say he's out for 10 games and we go nine, nine and one or eight and two. Right. And ever and the same trends are happening. I would say would even like say, seven and three, seven and three would be even that's yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, would you now the instinct when Brock Besser becomes healthy is to then put him in his regular spot with JT Miller and Elias Patterson, right? But let's say, would you ever give any thought, or if everything's clicking, to inserting him lower in the lineup? Yeah, I mean, I think 
um, the, the good thing about this is, and I like the point that you brought up, is when someone, when someone um, who's as good as Besser goes down, if your team is doing fine, it almost seems like you're not rushed to put them back into the lineup. And kind of put them back because, like, fully it, deal, do something. Yeah, like, like if you put them on the Miller and Pedersen line, and like, let's say that line now instantly is just going super cold. Yeah. Like, just super cold, and Besser's not there. My first thought is we need to get this guy fucking rehab. We need to get this guy skating as quickly as possible. And, you know, you kind of almost, I don't want to say rush him back, but like, you kind of do. You, you do. You rush him and back. He does too. Especially when you're coming into like this kind of this final push of the season like holy shit like dude, we're february like, dude that's fucking crazy like we're almost done yeah. um yeah so anyway but if the canucks are hot you know it's fine to kind of put besser on a line kind of just get his legs going again yeah and you know reduce his minutes and s- gradually build him back up oh you you even you even attribute the re- the rehab process into the game 100% and like the, how many minutes and stuff like yeah, that yeah absolutely because yeah. like dude like you if he comes what's his injury again uh, it's a dis- i think it's dislocated shoulder it's some some sort of shoulder injury so i think something like that i mean a dislocated shoulder like he's not on a checking line anyway no so i feel like when he does come back into the lineup i feel like he is going to be slotted back on that first line i feel like if you do put him on like a fourth or third line He's going to be hitting, which kind of defeats the purpose of rehabbing a dislocated shoulder. Yeah. Um, but like if he had like a leg injury, I, I would 100% attest to that. Just like kind of slowly just getting him out. Like, yeah. And my, my perspective was entirely mental. Like it wasn't anything to mm. do with the physical aspects of each line mm-hmm. or. And, and when I say it, it was all mental, is that I think when the team's hot, you come back in, if they start losing it's already a mental game of like, fuck, like maybe I need, like to I got to pick it up. I got to pick it up. Like it's all on me. Whereas mm. if you put him lower in the lineup, I like this idea because not only does it let the guys who are excelling, keep their, their minutes, momentum, their momentum, and hopefully continue yeah. to ride that out. But now if, if you end up start losing games, you can boost Besser's confidence by putting him back up to the first and, yeah. and boost the skill of players that he plays with. Yeah. Absolutely. Whereas if, if you're like, if you start struggling by doing that in the beginning, mm-hmm. now you have to think unconventionally. You have to think, okay, do I break up my talented players? And you start doing things that aren't really logical. Yeah. Whereas if you put in, and maybe people don't think it's logical to do in the first place, but I think it mm-hmm. could be because now if Besser's lighting it up on a third line or even a second line, leave him. Like now you've got more depth than you had before his injury. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. And like, I, and I think like the biggest thing is, is like whenever you shake up a line like completely, Usually a line gets hot and you're like, okay, I don't want to leave this. But eventually everything is going to get cold. And then that's when you're like, I'm totally cool with that because now I'll just go back to putting like what I know best, which is Pedersen, Miller, and Besser back on a line. Yeah, a lot of because, because that is like, it's it's not really streaky. It, it's more of just more consistent. You're not going to get amazing points for a 10 game stretch but you're going to get consistent points yeah. for a 10 game stretch absolutely you know um i think the biggest thing that i want to talk about though dude is uh if you're ready to shift from chicago yeah jacob markstrom dude like every until every fucking podcast i'm gonna keep bringing this up dude 49 save shout out man not, 49 if, saves if that doesn't get what you the wild sex at home i don't know what will oh dude okay so here's my theory Every single game that is like this, any time that the Markstrom is stopping 30 
30 shots or more. Anytime the, he's winning the game. And the Canucks are winning. Yeah. That is more leverage for him when his contract comes around. I would even put an X amount of dollars. That's another hundred grand in his pocket so, every year. So here's my thing. Here's my question. And actually, it's not really a question, but I'm going to I'm gonna say it right now. Jacob Markstrom, MVP of this team. Yeah. I heard like, that take on like the radio the other he, day. He's, he's better than Petty right now. Uh, like it's obviously hard to compare, but Pedersen is having a pretty standard season. Yeah, Markstrom is playing us last year. He's meeting expectations. Markstrom exactly, is out of his blowing. fucking mind. Yeah, out of his mind. <laughs> he's so breaching Vesna candidate top or conversation. And yeah. I agree. He's the front runner for the team MVP as as of now. Yeah, because the like you said, everything from the way our team defense plays to how many shots we give up, like. Yeah. We're nowhere without this guy. Like, it's just a matter of, and I hate being, and I drop this word so much, cynical or negative, but how long is this actually going to carry on? Like, I think can, it could be can, a very big 12 month effect. I, I think we could be sitting here next year saying, like, like goalies oh, can oh, have my. amazing years. Yeah. Right. And time. you can just, like, Price carried Montreal countless yeah. times. Hellebuck had a horrible year last year because he, and not because, yeah. sorry, the year before that he dominated. Yeah. He was a Vesna candidate. You know, and then the year after they struggled. It's it's a big twelve month effect where you think, man, where where were we last year? Like this guy was dominating. Why isn't he doing it? It's, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think that the the contract situation is is extremely interesting because I'm I'm okay either way with what we do. Yeah, I I, I truly am. I think that I can see I can truly see both sides of the coin. Yeah, where if you give him a lot of money and keep him around, great move. If you don't, well, I mean, even tough to say. Even like when we were talking to Brady the other week. We kind of brought up the the contract talks and, um, you know, and I was listening to Bob McKenzie on TSN, like the hockey insider and like the Canucks aren't willing to give this guy like a four to five year deal or like yeah. five, six year deal. Like they're looking for like a three, like a three year deal. And the biggest question is, is are you ready to pay this guy between five to six million? Because right now, like apparently the Canucks are far apart right now really? on, on contract talks with Markstrom. Yep. So the biggest thing is though, is Markstrom's agent. Like as long as Markstrom keeps stealing these games for the Canucks, because that's what he's doing. Like yeah. he's stealing that these was, games. <laughs> that was his game that he stole. A hundred percent. The amount of big saves that he made again and again, like crazy. just so many, like the more Patrick King coming down the slot and just stares him down. Like that's insane. Like, he's, yeah. Like it's crazy. Game like that. Like the more the more games that Markstrom has like this, and the more wins, and the more fucking division titles that the Canucks are gonna win with this guy, mm-hmm. like that's more money in this guy's pocket. Like if you're Jim Benning, like if you if you let this guy walk after this year, and you don't do well next year because you put Demko in, like you're that's like a that's, hot, a, that's that a big hot seat that that's something that could possibly cost you your job. Oh, it, like it that absolutely it, would. It, that would be the. Yeah, that'd be the final one. For like, him. I mean, it's he's already a controversial figure in, in in Vancouver. I love him, but a lot of people don't. And yeah, I think that that would be a colossal mistake if it happened like that. Yeah. And, and I think it's obviously the biggest thing is as well is the biggest test is going to be how well you perform in the playoffs. So like yeah. that is going to be the biggest thing. Yeah. I would say that if Markstrom gets us to the second round and it's a close second round and even if we get bounced. Benning should be like write your own ticket, like that you have you have check. yeah like write your own check, um because like you have to pay that guy. But you it, have to. It's insane though because the way the league's trending, it honestly doesn't matter 
what you do the, the season previous. You can win a Stanley Cup. Like, look at Barry Trotz, dude. Yeah. You could win the Cup for your team. If they're decided that they're moving on, they're Especially moving on this it. year, such an outlier for coaches being fired, it seems like. It Every is. single coach has been yeah. done this year. We talked year. about how the Boudreaux one was, was shocking, but I mean... Yeah, oh yeah, we haven't even talked about that. No, I, let's, yeah. I, I wanted anyway, to kind of yeah. finish up the thought on Markstrom. It's yeah. just like, I do believe the league is trending more and more away from giving away old guys' contracts. Like yeah. the the Eric, the Louis Erickson contracts and the David Backus contracts, those are way out of the game already. Those are yeah, no those are literally like you you traded for this guy at the deadline and then he just went to another team and they overpaid him because he yeah. performed in the playoffs. Like a Matt Bolesky contract. A like, Matt Bolesky, a, a Matt Zuccarello, a yeah. like there's tons of guys out there. Yeah. Uh, Marcus uh, Johansson, like yeah. there's and Guys I, who just don't perform. Those, the Matt Zuccarello and, and Marcus Johansson, I think, are a, bit, are a bit different. But the the times where we start paying thirty to thirty two year olds are done. Yeah, like and, at least in term. At least in term. Yeah, yeah. Like, sorry, in term, you're right. Like, like you're Robin not. Leonard, he'll get money, but he got a one year contract after having a yeah a Masterson season. Like, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, and he was a Vesna candidate, was he not? I don't know about Vesna, but he was. But he was definitely in the running at some point during last not. year. Yeah, um, top five for sure. Yeah, like, I would agree. I feel like these guys, like, if you're paying any guy who's 32 or over anything more than a three-year deal, you're off your fucking rocker. Yeah. And I would say that even a three-year deal to, like, a 32-year-old is, like, that's the most you're going to get. Yeah. It's like, we'll we'll front-load your deal. Like, we'll give you, like, when you're 33, we'll pay you majority of your contract there. Yeah. But afterwards, like, that's it, man. It's you know? fascinating. Yeah. It's fast because it's only getting more extreme. Like, I mean, Perry, what did he sign with? 800K? Yeah. Less like, than a million for, for a former 50-goal scorer. Like, what the fuck? Like, there like, was a time when Danny Heatley was fizzling out of this league when mm-hmm. he was a former 50-goal scorer who kept getting paid, like, a 50-goal scorer. Like, yeah. It didn't matter how old he was. No. Teams just kept throwing him money. Yeah. Whereas and it was crazy. Anymore, no. So. It's a dinosaur way of thinking, so, I would say. Just a lot, like, kind of... Because how old's Marky? 30? I think he's 29 going on 30 maybe and yeah so it's tough though because your team our team has proved to us kind of that they're ready for playoffs yeah they are constantly be in the playoffs Mm -hmm. so like i would say that he's 30 i would turn 30 this year already okay i i would say that this is kind of the window this is the first year that the window for the canucks is truly open yeah I feel like you've kind of got your stud rookie defenseman. Pedersen's got some uh, seasons under his belt. Besser's got some under his belt. Horvat's the captain. You've got some good veteran guys around him. A loaded prospect system. You've got a loaded prospect system. Like, your window is now. So now, the biggest issue is you have a goalie that is literally right on that bubble because, like, Kucherov got his deal. I think it was a bridge, too. They gave him a bridge. Initially, yeah. When he was 29, like, I... Who's you know, twenty. Are you sure about that? I think so. He's not young. Continue finishing your point. I'll make sure. I'm um, sure about that I, I doubt it. But but regardless, though, like it's there's nothing worse than when you have a guy who's around like that twenty twenty eight to thirty. I would say that's going to be the biggest deal. Actually, I would say anything. Like if he's twenty seven, twenty eight, you're getting you're getting railed on a deal because at that point you have to pay someone like a six yeah. seven year contract. So right now, Kucherov is twenty six and he's only getting paid five and a half because he signed that bridge deal. Right. He's going to get whoop. Yeah. So so that's the thing, though. So when he's 26, I'm pretty sure his deal's up and he's 29. I think that's what I meant. Oh, okay. Um, Like, this guy's putting up fucking numbers. Like, yeah. you're going to have to pay that guy. Like, you cannot let a guy like that walk. So with Markstrom now being 30, it's like, 
you know, like four is got to be the max. Like if it's if it's a five or a six, like yeah. you fucked yourself. And it just really doesn't. It, now, what do you do with Demko? Because if he has another good year, you can't afford to pay him too. Much. Well, that's the other thing, right? With the expansion too, we've talked about this countless times as well. Is you know you're gonna have to. Pr- protect one or the other like this is a big off season for markstrom or at okay. least for goalies i would say yeah, so i would agree yeah anyway why don't we move on do we have or you just topics trade here? trade fucking demko and then you just get even more like scoring prospects just yeah. and yeah. you really make it about the next three or four years yeah there you go that. yeah draft some fucking <laughs> defenseman how's that sound yeah. jesus so some some unfortunate news coming out of uh utica with michael furland yep uh began his rehab process he's been at it for months now and it came down to a conditioning stint in Utica where he ended up leaving the game with concussion-like symptoms, um, which makes it one of many concussions he's had in his career. Yeah. And this one, not from any big hit or anything, just just felt the him. symptoms are just back. So yeah. that's fucking depressing to hear, man. Like, Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy to think that, like, how quick a career can just possibly be over i'm not i'm not saying that his career is over i mean the good thing about doctors is they're really fucking smart and they can actually put you back together pretty well yeah um but when it's something down to your brain and everything like that like like, i think it kind of comes down to the player like doctors will be like we can like doctors will always say like we'll rehab you back to health but at the end of the day like furlan's gonna have to make the decision like am I physically ready to play again? Like, can I actually play hockey and maintain a solid lifestyle? And you're not just thinking now, you're thinking 40 years down the road when you're an old fucking man. Yeah. You know, because right now, like, the more concussions you have, like, your brain is literally going to fucking deteriorate if you take too many. Exactly. You know? And, yeah, it's, I mean, there's obvious impacts it had. I think we we did, we we do owe it to him to kind of address the, the, person side of it and the human side of it and say like yeah it's it is about life after hockey and yeah and making sure that you take care of your health and yeah and you like your you mental got, you got health to, like hockey your hockey career is one like a quarter of your life like it's not yeah it's not everything no and there's there's tons of kobe quotes about what he thought about basketball and what he thought about life afterwards i mean it's it, yeah. you can't really take that for granted and go all all like like when guys are tired they're 37 they're considered old i'm like dude this guy's like he's not even he's not even 40 like this guy like this guy's got millions of dollars he's in the best shape of his life yeah maybe not the best shape but he's he's in good shape can do anything he wants i mean when you're a professional athlete like yeah you're in pretty good shape yeah it's crazy to think that there's a 40 year old out there in way better shape than yeah yarmor yager yeah Yeah. (laughs) um put that in your pipe and smoke it but maybe (laughs) let's be a little bit selfish now and talk about the canuck side of things with this furlan injury because yeah. So we do. We're a shady Canucks podcast, and we, yeah. <laughs> we skip over the human element real quick. But yeah. Um. So when we signed him, I think we all kind of looked at it as like, oh, maybe he can play with our talent play- players. Maybe he'd be a physical guy. He's maybe a second, he can... third line guy. Maybe. Like, yeah. That's what you signed him for. Um. So the money, I'm not really smart with numbers and math and and the contract and the impact that has on us. But um, looking at our lineup now, I think this kind of emboldens the argument for going after someone at the deadline. Yeah. Um. I guess. To oh, now. Oh, now you. Now but you want to go after I'm, someone. I'm hey. still on the other side. I still think fuck it. We got. We've got the players and the tools to be successful. Yeah. But this does give the other side of the argument way more legitimacy. Yeah. And it gives them an argument. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um. Because my one of my one of my lines I always use was Furland will be the addition that we need. 
Yeah. But and it's very interesting because right now it's rumored that the Canucks are kicking tires with Wayne Simmons in in Jersey. Yeah. And you know, it's you're not this guy's a UFA at the end of the year. He plays a very similar game to Furland. He New Jersey's in the dumps. Like they're not gonna literally do anything. They're basically out of the race right now. Um, you know, there is that possibility that you know, Simmons could come in and contribute. And I, I, I would really like to see him. I've always liked Wayne Simmons. I feel like yeah. on Philadelphia, like he was kind of like that, that good player. Like he was a fan favorite based on the way he played that fit he their like the style. Miller of their team, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, right now, like he's tried to stay in the league as best as he could based yeah. on just kind of like the style that he plays. I feel like he's kind of changed his style. A little bit, yeah. Um, to the more phys- physical side of it. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to see him. Like, if you put him on a third, fourth line guy, like, you're not taking on any term. Like, he was literally like a one year, $1 million deal. Yeah. With Jersey. You know what? If I had to choose between uh, Wayne Simmons or Tyler Mott, like, I know Tyler Mott's a bit unhealthy, but if I can choose a healthy Tyler Mott over Wayne Simmons, I would do that every time. Because yeah. I think that, I think that what Tyler Mott brings to the game is exactly what Wayne Simmons does with maybe a little bit less offensive talent but right. he's young he's way younger and his speed and physicality is still there yeah and i think that it, Who, tyler health, mott is yeah i yeah. think his healthy impact is probably the best addition that we could get right now yeah and i even when michael Furland was an option i still think that tyler mott was a close second in that that regard yeah so, i would agree yeah um yeah i think also oh man i think it's just based on the amount of shots that we're giving up um just another defenseman would be nice, but I don't know. Yeah, it'd be you nice. Know, to just you know, think, Brendan Dillon, but yeah, it'd be nice to grab like a John Carlson just for like a third round pick or something. Yeah, yeah, but, it's fucking fuck. casual. It'd be Th- nice to like suit up like Elijah Needham, just throw him out there. Yeah, uh, like yeah, walk twenty five minutes, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> half half wasted doing it, hacking <laughs> shins. Um, so a couple a couple more things I actually wanted to bring up. Do it. Um, Feel bo- free. Both are actually San Jose topics. Okay. Uh, Eric Carlson done for the year, broken thumb. Yeah, and then the other one, Evander Kane. Evander Kane, did you see his quote? I did. Yeah. Fuck. So pretty much pulled a trip. Did you see that? Did you see NHL. the hit? Yeah. Yeah, I'm watching it right now, and Jesus, it, what do you, what do you? Okay, well, let's talk about Carlson. Okay, so Devis, I mean, not that's Devis, that's not gonna shut that's gonna shut down San Jose. <laughs> We've been putting nails in their coffin for for months now. This has like, got to be what, like the final. Are we one. taking a shit on the coffin now? Like, what else are we doing at this point? <laughs> just gonna light it on fire. Yeah. Are we just like <laughs> and dancing? piss on it? I don't know. Are we? <laughs> yeah, I, I I think though like that was as soon as like the one hope was that you could maybe see Burns and Carlson kind of just throwing the team on their back, Martin like Jones. walking it down. Martin Jones has had a thirty-five shutout. save yeah. shutout. Yeah, um, fucking nuts. And but now it's just like you know this is it. You know, yeah. Hurdle's done. Carlson's done. You're done. Um, like I think this is literally like the like the final. I actually straw. so just like us. I always do this, bringing up random betting moments. But I'm just gonna vent myself a little bit here because I think yeah. I think our friend was talking to me. He was like, man, I wish I bet San Jose. Like they had such a good number, and I was and they just like Martin Jones pitched a shut. I'm like, dude, that's the dumbest thing ever. Like they don't you think have- that Jonesy is gonna get a shutout? Like who no, are it's you? it's just the fact that like he thought they were gonna win, and I'm like, dude, if you thought they were gonna win, you have the biggest hole in your brain ever. Yeah. Well. Uh, okay, let's not be too judgy. I mean, you just you bet Detroit to win by two against Boston, and it hit. So fuck you. Yeah, but like 
most but, people would say like you're that's, just that's off your. That's what pisses room. me off about the betting world is that San Jose <laughs> they're missing Couture, they're missing Hurdle, they're missing Carlson, they're missing 35. Kane, they're missing yeah, like everybody. Yeah, and they somehow beat a team like that. Like it's insane. Yeah. Side note, sorry. That's true. Um, what I think of the hit though, I think that that's a suspension based completely on your history, right? Like he has yeah. a suspension history, I think. Oh yeah, and he has a history of just not shutting his fucking yap when yeah. he should. And then get to the quote. I mean, that's what it was all about, right? Yeah. There's a major lack. Can I read it? Yeah, go for There's it. There's a major lack of consistency with NHL Department of Player Safety. A completely flawed system in so many ways, from the suspensions to appeal rights. It's baffling to me how we as players agree to this. Well, good thing, Evander, because I'm pretty sure the CBA expires after this season, so you can. You Is can it go. out? No, there's got to be a couple more. I think it's like 20, 2022. Are you sure? Oh, dude, my my nuts would be shriveling up if I knew that there might be another lockdown coming. <laughs> another up. another lockout. I'd be so choked. It would be all over the news too if it was after this year. The the last uh, the last thing before we can maybe wrap it up after yeah, absolutely. Um, Zach Cassian, seven games for uh oh, the for kick. Ki- the kick. Dude, the kick heard around the world. Okay, so what do you what do you think about the kick? What was your initial reaction to the kick? Kind of like first oh, of all, oh, I didn't oh. realize that was bad, but then I realized I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like because I'm like, oh, he just kicked him in his chest. Yeah. But then I realized I'm like, wait, that's a razor blade on the back yeah. of, on the end of so his. So let's foot. just put a steak knife on the bottom of your shoe. We'll send you to work, and you just go around kicking people and see if they like it. Yeah, like, yeah, kind of the same thing. Yeah, no shit. Um, um fucking dangerous place. <laughs> honestly dude I, I i hate fucking cassian i fucking hate him yeah he just honestly like dude like let's when the whole matthew kachuk thing was going on you know i got 13 goals i'm like bro i'm like you literally play on a line with mcdavid and dreisaitl i can get 13 goals playing with those fucking guys i'll just stand in front of the net and just let them pound pound the goalie and i'll just clean up the rebound yeah. anyway Regardless, I just I, I don't like his style of play. Like I feel like he's more of just he's taking it too far. Okay. Like as soon as someone I feel like he's so used to being like a dominant force and then as soon as someone does one small thing to him, he just cries. Yeah. And then he just does stupid shit. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you saw with Kachuk, you're seeing it now. Like this guy's an idiot. Like I just I don't that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just not what, a fan of him. What this incident does is it makes it really hard to stand on his side of any argument. Like even with the Kachuk thing, it makes it yeah. Like, oh, fuck, I was the one that supported him on that one. Like, but yeah. I, I, I imagine what it comes down to is like maybe Cassian's sitting there saying like, I think we've all done it where, where like you do something unsafe, what visually looks like unsafe, but in your head you're like, yeah, I knew it was unsafe, but I knew I wasn't going to fuck it up. Yeah, but that's like not a good defense for anything. No, it's but, not. Like I just I don't. I, I just don't understand like what what goes through this guy's mind. Now, obviously, yeah. Biz on Chicklets is like there's certain guys you play with, something happens to them, and their wires literally cross, and you yeah. cannot control what goes on exactly. in their yeah. mind. That's like the you're thing. just you're impulsive. And it's not a defense for it, but it's like no, it's not a defense, it's but it's the best argument you've got. It's like hey, yeah. I just get fucking heated sometimes. I'll, I'll just kick a guy with my skate. I don't, yeah. Like, I think I he know. definitely, like, he's obviously completely in the wrong, and I think that this suspension, he probably got a bit lucky with it, to be honest. I, I would could, say I so, too. I 10 for this. I could have seen more. Because, like, is, if that guy got hurt, like, if you start to, like, bleed or if he fuck. cut this guy. Even if it was a scrape, dude. Like, that's enough, like, dude, fuck. like, that's almost, like, a fucking assault, dude. Yeah. Like, that's dangerous. Exactly. You know, like, so, yeah, anyway. this is. I mean, we can't ignore the fact that this is seven games in the middle of a playoff race, so that's kind of stupid on his end. But. Yeah. And now the fact that McDavid's out, too, like. Yeah. Have fun, Dreisaitl. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> Good All on right. you, Leon. <laughs> so I think that kind of wraps up our episode for today. Um, 
going to be looking forward to our Thursday episode where we bring on a Canucks insider, we'll call him, uh, really to touch on the inside and outs of what it takes to throw a ceremony like the Sedin night. So also day to day life at the Canucks office. Yeah, just, his office is Rogers Arena. Day to day life, just being the big Vooter Pooter. Let's do it. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Later, kids. Later.